Hi everyone, and welcome to God's Plan, Your Part, a podcast where our goal is to read the entire Bible in a year, seeking to understand God's plan of redemption while discovering daily and practically your part in it. All right, everybody, if you are listening in real time, if you're following along with us, we want to wish you a very Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas. (laughs) Hopefully you are enjoying some time uh, with your family or with friends, whoever you like to gather with at Christmas. And if you're listening to our podcast, thank you so much for giving us (laughs) some of your time. What are you doing? (laughs) Uh, We super appreciate it. We've been reflecting back over this year. Uh, quite a bit lately, and we are very, very grateful for the time that you have spent with us, and we hope that we have been able to help you out a little bit in your walk of faith, and so uh, I'm just thrilled that we get to spend Christmas with you for a little bit, a little bit. <laughs> yeah, so we are finishing up Second Peter and Jude today, um, and I think what's interesting to me is I've never read the book of Jude before. <gasps> um, I know, right? That's so weird. Um, but <clears throat> I think I've noticed overall, there's like this, this common theme throughout all of it. Um, and it's, it's oftentimes like giving encouragement to the believers to like, yes, you're going to come up against all these things, but stay strong, stay strong. Um, and one thing that really caught my eye in Jude specifically is like this serious calling out of sexual sin and that it's going to be so twisted. Like it's going to be a problem that you are going to face all the time. Actually, I'm, I can't, I don't even know how many times I've read over it in the last two days about Sodom and Gomorrah being brought up again. Like, oh my goodness. So like it is called out a ton in these books. And I noticed it explicitly in Jude. I want to come back to the point. All so 25 verses of it. Don't let me forget that. But the, the reason that we are talking about Second Peter and Jude at the same time is that Peter and Jude were writing to a group of primarily Jewish believers about the same issue. So the reason that these two, you'll notice, uh, chapter two of Second Peter sounds at times almost identical uh, to Jude, and that is because they were aware of each other's writings. One of them probably read the other, and they were writing to a group of believers trying to encourage them to endure and not fall into this false teaching. And apparently the false teaching was saying something like, because we have Jesus, we can now do whatever we want whenever we want. It was like this extreme liberty in Christ. And both Peter and Jude are saying, hey, do not fall for that. That is not how this works. And it is apparently tied deeply uh, to sexual immorality. There There was something being taught that was, hey, do whatever you want, whenever you want, with whoever you want. Um, and it, it, that's the freedom that we have in Christ. That is a lie. That is not true. Um, that teaching persists to this day. You can see it in our world. You can see many, uh, influential Christian pastors are saying things like that, either in private or in public. Um, lately, actually the Pope has been saying things like that. Uh, and this is not true. These aren't, these are not a sound biblical doctrine. So to come back to, um, specifically Sodom and Gomorrah. The interesting thing that I have heard before, and I've, I've probably actually taught this before, uh, before like really digging into this, there is an idea out there that Sodom and Gomorrah were not judged for sexual immorality. They were judged for res- refusing to be generous. So like the, the people were supposed to receive 
like sojourners and outsiders. That's a big theme in the Old Testament. So people have tried to twist those verses and say that the problem is not not uh, sexual immorality, uh, to be direct, not homosexuality. It was that they were not being generous. And Jude specifically says that is not the case. If you, yeah. if you look at Jude, uh, well, verse, verse seven, there's no, seven, there's no yeah. chapters because it's just one chapter. But just as Sodom and Gomorrah and the surrounding cities, which likewise indulged in sexual immorality and pursued unnatural desire, serve in his example by undergoing a punishment of eternal fire. So when you hear somebody say, and this this is very common that people teach things and they have a little bit of an understanding of the Bible, and it, I understand how it's easy to believe them because they sound convincing, uh, Jude mm-hmm. directly contradicts that teaching that Sodom and Gomorrah were not generous. In fact, Jude teaches that they were practicing unnatural sexual things, mm-hmm. um, which was the the men were breaking down the door to have sex with the men who were visiting. How about this for our Christmas episode? Who would have thought oh, this would be what you're talking about? Um, <laughs> well, I can take a Christmas direction kind of maybe. So. Uh, okay. <laughs> I was going to say, I also not noticed a more common theme of angels. Um, and what's interesting stuck out to me, um, it, it is it refers to angels in Jude, um, specifically about the angels who were cast into hell. Um, at least that's mm-hmm. what I took mm-hmm. from it from the beginning. Second Peter alludes to the same thing. Yep, I was just going to say that. Um, so this idea of false teachers is present throughout both Second Peter and Jude. But what what I noticed is that when referring to the false teachers is so interesting, like Peter really calls them out because he's comparing both angels and false teachers in this way. It's so interesting. Um, bold. This is, sorry, I should say second Peter chapter two, verse 10. It's like midway in 10 bold and willful. They do not tremble as they blaspheme the glorious ones. Whereas angels, though greater in might and power do not pronounce a blasphemous judgments against them before the Lord. Um, and it goes on to verse 12. It's like hilarious. But these like irrational animals, creatures of instinct born to be caught and destroyed, blaspheming about such matters, they are ignorant and they will be destroyed by their own destruction. It keeps going on. Um, it's crazy. Like he's calling out false teachers and saying like, they're so dumb that like angels don't even do the things that they're doing because they understand like their ignorance to like whatever that situation is that they're, you know what I'm saying? Like it's crazy. Um, and so to say that we are like false teachers in our humanity are so ignorant and like animals that just like go off into our own destruction. Um, like that's crazy. So I guess being compared, it just feels like you're just like this little <laughs> tiny, like ant of a creature. Feel belittled. Yeah, it's crazy. So speaking uh, on the topic of things the angels refuse to do, there's a really interesting verse in Jude. Um, there's a story that we don't know about, but was clearly being told. So if you look at Jude 9, but when the archangel Michael contending with the devil was disputing about the body of Moses, <laughs> he did not presume to pronounce a blasphemous judgment, but said the Lord rebuke you. First of all, uh, I want to see that Marvel movie that is like the archangel of Michael versus uh, Satan over dead Moses. That would be <laughs> It just that would seems be like a weird, dumb argument. So there's some kind of verbal <laughs> history that's there that we don't have anymore. We're not sure what this is all about. But what is interesting is that Jude is telling us that Michael refused to rebuke Satan in his own power and might. Interesting. But only in God's power and might. The reason I bring this up, if you have ever been in a Christian circle... 
where people yeah. love to rebuke Satan. Uh, I would I would urge you to deal with that cautiously. That's so interesting um, because Jude is telling us that. Michael refused to rebuke Satan in his own authority. That the reason I keep saying in his own authority because I don't think it's wrong to rebuke Satan, but I think it's important that we remember that we do it with God's authority it's in God's, God's power. name. It's not it's because God's we power. are saying it. And one of the one of the weaknesses, or one of the I don't know, one of the weird things you can fall into um, when you're in these kind of circles over and over and over again is you can start to think that you can just demand whatever you want. Mm-hmm. And when you start mm-hmm. to demand whatever you want, you are God, not God. And so this story here is interesting. It, it, I think it does hopefully cause us to have a little bit of caution when it comes to rebuking Satan. I am not on Satan's team. I'm not a big Satan fan, <laughs> FYI. Yeah, but it's a really cautious line to walk because you do begin to like, oh, wow, that worked. And I can be the one that exactly. like conjures up Jesus. Like yeah, that's, that's good. so weird. Yeah, you're doing a good job pulling that out. Like, mm-hmm. like what I want to show you is that it is God who does the work. It is the power of Christ in our lives. It is not us. We are not the superheroes. God mm-hmm. is. And it is actually easy to forget that. Um, I and really I, I like don't that. want you to forget that. I really like that comparative stuff, though, because there's been so much comparison of angels and um, false teachers and just I guess like when you think of angels I oftentimes don't put myself above them or anywhere close to them so yeah. it's interesting when they're like you guys are down here running your mouths about things you don't even get in the slightest bit and angels don't even go there because they know it's not their place like whoa there's a lot actually that's one of the things I've noticed as we've been reading this year is that there's a lot of angel passages in mm-hmm, the New Testament mm-hmm. and they're very aware of them um, for the final extra credit, and then you can give us a, your part for the day. Uh, the final extra credit is if when we were reading through, uh, the letters from Paul, you were like, man, this stuff is confusing. Like I just can't wrap my head around Romans. Uh, you're in good company because Peter couldn't wrap his head around it either. <laughs> if you look at second Peter, this, this is another one. I just think it's funny. If you look at second Peter, uh, verse or chapter three, verse 15, And count the patience of our Lord as salvation, just as our beloved brother Paul, so he's talking about the Paul that we know, also wrote to you according to the wisdom given to him, as he does in all his letters when he speaks in them of these matters. There are some things in them that are hard to understand, which the ignorant and unstable twist to their own destruction. So, uh, and then uh, actually to go on, as they do the other scriptures. So here you have Peter referring to Paul as scripture. Uh, So people that don't like Paul's writings just stop you're wrong um peter refers to paul as writing scripture so we accept these writings as scripture uh, but also peter is like i don't know sometimes he's kind of confusing <laughs> is that i think it's funny okay yeah <laughs> extra credit okay so i think we're gonna kind of land it in jude today uh because at the end of this very short book there is a section that is, it's literally called a call to persevere. And I think over and over throughout these letters, throughout all of this encouragement, they are telling you that regardless of the things that you will come up against, you are always like encouraged and called to persevere, like rise above it. Um, and I love what this one verse says. And this is, I think, just leading right into the year part. Um, in Jude, verse 21, it says, keep yourself in the love of God waiting for the mercy of our Lord Jesus Christ that leads to eternal life and have mercy on those who doubt. Save others by snatching them out of the fire to others show mercy with fear, hating even the garment stained with flesh. So not only are we encouraged to persevere through really hard times, we're supposed to like stay in the love of God and also like 
try to bring on and save as many as you can, mm-hmm. snatching them out of mm-hmm. the grips of Satan. Um, and I think that's like, that's the call for all of our lives. So not only are we doing this so that we can learn, um, listening to this podcast, reading the Bible this whole year, not only are we doing this to stay close and in um, close contact with the love of God, but also so that we can um, do that second part too of bringing others on and snatching them out of the snares of sin and from the devil. So I would just encourage you today, not only are you doing this for yourself, but also um, to continue to grow God's kingdom um, and work that mission out as well. So thanks for joining us today for these two tiny books, and we'll be back with some more tomorrow. Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas, guys. We'll see you tomorrow. Thanks so much for listening to God's Plan Your Part. Don't forget, it is always more important that you listen to God's words rather than our words. So please stick around to hear the reading for the day uh, or go and find it in the Bible and read it yourself. If you are enjoying the podcast, please leave a rating and write a review on whatever platform you are using to listen to us. Now that we have all that out of the way, here is the reading for today. 2 Peter chapter 1. Simeon Peter, a servant and apostle of Jesus Christ, to those who have obtained a faith of equal standing with ours by the righteousness of our God and Savior Christ Jesus. May grace and peace be multiplied to you in the knowledge of God and of Jesus our Lord. His divine power has granted to us all things that pertain to life and godliness, through the knowledge of him who called us to his own glory and excellence, by which he has granted to us his precious and very great promises, so that through them you may become partakers of the divine nature, having escaped from the corruption that is in the world because of sinful desire. For this very reason, make every effort to supplement your faith with virtue, and virtue with knowledge, and knowledge with self-control, and self-control with steadfastness, and steadfastness with godliness, and godliness with brotherly affection, and brotherly affection with love. For if these qualities are yours and are increasing, they keep you from being ineffective or unfruitful in the knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ. For whoever lacks these qualities is so nearsighted that he is blind, having forgotten that he is cleansed from the former sins. Therefore, brothers, be all the more diligent to confirm your calling and election, for if you practice these qualities, you will never fall. For in this way there will be richly provided for you an entrance into the eternal kingdom of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Therefore I intend always to remind you of these qualities, though you know them and are established in the truth that you have. I think it right, as long as I am in this body, to stir you up by way of reminder, since I know that the putting off of my body will be soon, as our Lord Jesus Christ made clear to me, and I will make every effort so that after my departure you may be able to at any time recall these things." For we did not follow cleverly devised myths when we made known to you the power and coming of our Lord Jesus Christ, but we were eyewitnesses of his majesty. For when he received honor and glory from God the Father, and the voice was borne to him by the majestic glory, this is my beloved Son, with whom I am well pleased, we ourselves heard this very voice born from heaven, for we were with him on the holy mountain." And we have the prophetic word more fully confirmed, to which you will do well to pay attention, as to a lamp shining in a dark place, until the day dawns and the morning star rises in your hearts. Knowing this, first of all, that no prophecy of Scripture comes from someone's own interpretation. 
For no prophecy was ever produced by the will of man, but men spoke from God as they were carried along by the Holy Spirit. Chapter 2 But false prophets also arose among the people, just as there will be false teachers among you, who will secretly bring in destructive heresies, even denying the Master who brought them, bringing upon themselves swift destruction. And many will follow their sensuality, and because of them the way of truth will be blasphemed. And in their greed they will exploit you with false words. Their condemnation from long ago is not idle, and their destruction is not asleep. For if God did not spare angels when they sinned, but cast them into hell and committed them to chains of gloomy darkness to be kept until the judgment, if he did not spare the ancient world, but preserve Noah, a herald of righteousness, with seven others, when he brought a flood upon the world of the ungodly, if by turning the cities of Sodom and Gomorrah to ashes, he condemned them to extinction, making them an example of what is going to happen to the ungodly, and if he rescued righteous Lot, greatly distressed by the sensual conduct of the wicked, for as the righteous man lived among them day after day, he was tormenting his righteous soul over their lawless deeds that he saw and heard. Then the Lord knows how to rescue the godly from trials, and to keep the unrighteous under punishment until the day of judgment, and especially those who indulge in the lust of defiling passion and despise authority." Bold and willful, they do not tremble as they blaspheme the glorious ones, whereas angels, though greater in might and power, do not pronounce a blasphemous judgment against them before the Lord. But these, like irrational animals, creatures of instinct, born to be caught and destroyed, blaspheming about matters of which they are ignorant, will also be destroyed in their destruction, suffering wrong as the wage for their wrongdoing. They count it pleasure to revel in the daytime. They are blots and blemishes, reveling in their deceptions, while they feast with you. They have eyes full of adultery, insatiable for sin. They entice unsteady souls. They have hearts trained in greed, accursed children. Forsaking the right way, they have gone astray. They have followed the way of Balaam, the son of Beor, who loved gain from wrongdoing, but was rebuked for his own transgression. A speechless donkey spoke with human voice and restrained the prophet's madness. These are waterless springs and mists driven by a storm. For them the gloom of utter darkness has been reserved. For, speaking loud boasts of folly, they entice by sensual passions of the flesh those who are barely escaping from those who live in error. They promise freedom, but they themselves are slaves of corruption. For whatever overcomes a person, to that he is enslaved. For if, after they have escaped the defilements of the world through the knowledge of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ, they are again entangled in them and overcome, the last state has become worse for them than the first. For it would have been better for them never to have known the way of righteousness, then after knowing it to turn back from the holy commandment delivered to them. What the true proverb says has happened to them. The dog returns to its own vomit, and the sow, after washing herself, returns to wallow in the mire. Chapter 3 This is now the second letter that I am writing to you, beloved. In both of them I am stirring you up to sincere mind by way of reminder, 
that you should remember the predictions of the holy prophets and the commandment of the Lord and Savior through your apostles, knowing this first of all, that scoffers will come in in the last days with scoffing. Following their own sinful desires, they will say, Where is the promise of his coming? For ever since the fatherless fell asleep, all things are continuing as they were from the beginning of creation. But they deliberately overlook this fact, that the heavens existed long ago, and the earth was formed out of water and through water by the word of God, and that by means of this world that then existed was deluged with water and perished. But by the same word, the heavens and the earth that now exist are stored up for the fire, being kept until the day of judgment and destruction of the ungodly. But do not overlook this one fact, beloved, that with the Lord one day is as a thousand years, and a thousand years as one day. The Lord is not slow to fulfill his promise, as some count slowness, but is patient toward you, not wishing that any should perish, but that all should reach repentance. But the day of the Lord will come like a thief, and then the heavens will pass away with a roar, and the heavenly bodies will be burned up and dissolved, and the earth, the works that are done on it, will be exposed. Since all these things are thus to be dissolved, what sort of people ought you to be in lives of holiness and godliness, waiting for the hastening, the coming of the day of God, because of which the heavens will be set on fire and dissolved, and the heavenly bodies will melt as they burn? But according to his promise, we are waiting for new heavens and a new earth, in which righteousness dwells. Therefore, beloved, since you are waiting for these, be diligent to be found by him without spot or blemish, and at peace, and count the patience of our Lord as salvation, just as our beloved brother Paul also wrote to you, according to the wisdom given to him, as he does in all his letters when he speaks in them of these matters. There are some things in them that are hard to understand, which the ignorant and unstable twist to their own destruction, as they do other scriptures. You therefore, beloved, knowing this beforehand, take care that you are not carried away with error of lawless people and lose your own stability, but grow in the grace and knowledge of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. To him be the glory both now and the day of eternity. Amen. The Book of Jude Jude, a servant of Jesus Christ and the brother of James, to those who are called, beloved in God the Father and kept for Jesus Christ. May mercy, peace, and love be multiplied to you. Beloved, although I was very eager to write to you about our common salvation, I found it necessary to write appealing to you to contend for the faith that was once for all delivered to the saints. For certain people have crept in unnoticed who long ago were designated for this condemnation, ungodly people who pervert the grace of our God into sensuality and deny our only Master and Lord Jesus Christ. Now I want to remind you, although you once fully knew it, that Jesus, who saved a people out of the land of Egypt, afterward destroyed those who did not believe. And the angels, who did not stay within their own position of authority, but left their proper dwelling, he is kept in eternal chains under gloomy darkness until the judgment of the great day. Just as Sodom and Gomorrah and the surrounding cities, which likewise indulged in sexual immorality and pursued unnatural desire, severe as an example by undergoing a punishment of eternal fire. Yet in like manner, these people also, relying on their dreams, defile the flesh, reject authority, and blaspheme the glorious ones. But when the archangel Michael 
contending with the devil, was disputing about the body of Moses, he did not presume to pronounce a blasphemous judgment, but said, The Lord rebuke you. But these people blaspheme all that they do not understand, and they are destroyed by all that they, like unreasoning animals, understand instinctively. Woe to them, for they walked in the way of Cain and abandoned themselves for the sake of gain to Balaam's error and perished in Korah's rebellion. These are hidden reefs at your love feasts, as they feast with you without fear, shepherds feeding themselves, waterless clouds swept along by winds, fruitless trees in late autumn, twice dead, uprooted, wild waves of the sea casting up the foam of their own shame, wandering stars for whom the gloom of utter darkness has been reserved forever. It was also about these at Enoch, that seventh from Adam prophesied, saying, Behold, the Lord comes with ten thousands of his holy ones to execute judgment on all to convict all the ungodly of their deeds of ungodliness that they have committed in such an ungodly way, and of all the harsh things that ungodly sinners have spoken against him. These are grumblers, malcontents, following their own sinful desires, They are loud-mouthed boasters, showing favoritism to gain advantage. But you must remember, beloved, these predictions of the apostles of our Lord Jesus Christ. They said to you, In the last time there will be scoffers, following their own ungodly passions. It is these who cause divisions, worldly people, devoid of the Spirit. But you, beloved, building yourselves up in your most holy faith and praying in the Holy Spirit, keep yourself in the love of God, waiting for the mercy of our Lord Jesus Christ that leads to eternal life. And have mercy on those who doubt. Save others by snatching them out of the fire. To others show mercy with fear, hating even the garment stained by the flesh. Now to him who is able to keep you from stumbling and to present you blameless before the presence of his glory with great joy... To the only God, our Savior, through Christ Jesus, our Lord, be glory, majesty, dominion, and authority before all time and now and forever. Amen. Thanks so much for listening to God's Plan, Your Part. If anything stuck out to you, if you have any questions, or if you'd like to receive a Bible, you can email us at godsplanyourpart at gmail.com. Also, if you're enjoying the podcast, please consider supporting us through the link in our description. We love that you're on this journey with us, and we hope you have a great day. See you tomorrow.